happy. Um, it's an exciting thing to be here. So just so you know, I'll, I'm, I'm, I try to be honest with you, and so I'll be honest one more time. Uh, I made a scheduling mistake. Uh, as you guys know, we're in Second Thessalonians, and I was ready on Monday morning. I sat down to figure out what passage I was doing, because I'm going to be in Israel the next two weeks, and I had two people scheduled to do their passages. And then I looked at the last passage I preached, and then the passage that the person next week is doing. And guess what? There were no verses between those passages. <laughs> wow, that's rain. So, hey, praise the Lord. You were right. Uh, it, it's gloomy and dark. <laughs> but, uh, so anyways, there was no passages for me to preach. Um, so I prayed. And the Lord gave me a word. And I'm excited to share this word. I, I forgot. I was going to send out an email just telling people, come to church. I want you to hear this word. Uh, I think even after today, maybe just send it to other people. But what was nuts was this men's retreat. The guy who was sharing in so many ways was sharing what many of us have been talking about in meetings uh, that we had on Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. And then also uh, what the Lord has been speaking to me uh, for this message. So I hope we have eyes to see, ears to hear. I I believe he has something uh, pretty good for us today. So if you have your Bibles, open them up to uh, 2 Timothy. I I did put some Bibles at the end of the row. If you don't have a Bible, I I think there's uh, like one uh, every other kind of at the end of the row. If you need one, maybe the person at the end can give you one, but give us a chance to uh, open up those pages, flip to uh, towards the end of the Bible, actually, 2 Timothy. It's a small uh, letter. If you need to look at the beginning, you know, what page number it's on, I totally get that. I would do that as well. Uh, No shame in that. Um, it's, it's tough to find some of these smaller books in the Bible. While you're doing that, can I get a basket, actually? I just want to give you, kind of let you know an opportunity we have. Thank you. Hey, Grandpa, can we celebrate right here? Casey Caps is a new grandpa. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Man, praise the Lord. So good. That's awesome, man. Praise the Lord. Um... Uh, Fife Milton Edgewood basketball. Anyone have their kids playing Fife Milton Edgewood basketball ever? It's uh, grade school kids. Uh, Mary and I, for the last, I don't know, five, six years, have sponsored a team. But then when we, personally, but then we uh, say who's sponsoring it, we say you guys are sponsoring it. So that way on the jersey it says, you know, Life Spring Foursquare. And and just so our community can know that we love them, that we want to support them. And that we're cheering them on, right? We're cheering them on. We, we love our community. We want them to thrive. We want them to do well. We want them to live full and satisfying lives. And we want them to become really good basketball players because I love basketball. Um, come on. Uh, let's get that clinic going. I'll teach you how to shoot the three. Let's make it happen. But uh, we wanted to let you know they reached out to us this week. And they have this huge, as you notice, our community is growing. Uh, this year, they're going to have between 45 to 50 teams, uh, which is a really big deal for Fife, Milton, and Edgewood. And it's $100 for us to sponsor a team. If we sponsored three teams, it's $250. Um, I don't think if you uh, gave to that, I don't think you get a tax uh, write-off on that because it's designated, like you're actually giving. So that's why I'm doing it separate than that. But if you want to be a part of that, this is just going to be in the back at the table. Again, one team is $100, three teams is 250 Whatever is in the basket at the end of the day, I'll write a big fat check to uh, Fife Milton Edgewood basketball and 
we'll let them know how much LifeSpring loves our community. Amen? Amen. So uh, that's going to be in the back. But here we go. Second Timothy, we're going to be in chapter 2 today. Verses 8 and 9. Chapter 2, 8 and 9. Remember Jesus Christ. He was raised from the dead, descended from David. Jesus Christ, this death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. He says, this is my gospel for which I'm suffering, even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But then he says, but God's word is not chained. Would you say that with me? But God's word is not chained. Say it one more time. But God's word is not chained. You know, often I listen to the Bible on my phone and all of my family knows that. All of my kids know that. They hear it often. It's a common sound in our house. But earlier this week, Tuesday morning, Ava's making some toast and she was uh, using, put the bread, you know, in the toaster and then the, the reality was, is uh, our Carson and Donna, Carson and Donna, we had just bought this honey from Carson and Donnie, Donna. And so uh, Ava's just like, I got to use this honey. So she, she gets it out of the cupboard. She's spreading the honey. But while she's spreading the honey, the Bible's playing. And right as she picks up the bread to eat and just take this big old bite, this is what she hears. It is not good to eat much honey. <laughs> I, I, I'll play that one more time just in case you didn't, didn't hear that. It is not good to eat much honey. <laughs> and all of a sudden, my precious little Ava, this is a picture of that actual event, um, was just mortified. She's, she's, she's just stopped. As you can tell, my, my dog is more than willing to eat the honey. But, but why did she stop? She, she stopped because as an amazing nine-year-old, have you met Ava? Her, love, her heart, just she adores Jesus. And, and this heart, this love she has for Jesus as she heard his word, the, the word of God, tell her it's not good to eat too much honey, she paused. Now, right, a, right away, as a good parent, I told her she could totally eat the honey, just not too much. <laughs> but I was reminded of how powerful the word is. It's powerful. It, it does cause us to pause. It causes us to take notice. It take, causes us to take inventory in our life. I, it's why I love the daily reading plan. I need the Word of God. Anyone else need the Word of God? I just do, right? You, you just know yourself. You know who you are outside of the leading and counsel of God, and, and you need His Word. I, I read the Bible every day, and, and every time the Lord is speaking something to my heart, every time it seems like there's just that nugget. Have you noticed that? There's that special word. And it's not always a word that you're just like, oh, that's neat. Often it pierces you, doesn't it? Often it kind of goes a little deeper. And it's not just about honey. It's about loving your enemy. You ever heard that word? It makes a great poster. It's much harder to do in reality. To love your enemy. To be gentle, to be patient, to be kind, to forgive others. We have such an unforgiving society right now. It's dangerous to be a Christian because you actually, for, for, I just noticed that on Twitter. My new classes I'm taking for my master's, they're making me be on Twitter. There's so much garbage on Twitter, such a biting, unforgiving spirit on Twitter. I can't wait for this class to get over. Good Lord. But if you want to follow me, it's at hashtag, no, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> but God, he, He's speaking into your life through the Word. He's speaking into your life. Have you ever tried to let anger be your fuel? Have you ever let bitterness be your fuel? And then you open up the Bible. And have you just noticed the Spirit of God speaks something better over your life? That same day that I heard about too much honey is when I heard the passage that we just read from 2 Timothy 
chapter 2. Normally when I listen to the Bible, I listen to it in the NLT, in the New Living Translation. And this is what it says in the New Living. It says, Always remember that Jesus Christ, the descendant of King David, was raised from the dead. This is the good news I preach. And because I preach this good news, I am suffering and have been chained like a criminal. But again, the word of God cannot be chained. This phrase, it just got me going Tuesday morning. Set a fire, right? It just kind of started stirring. He says, I have been chained like a criminal, but the word of God cannot be chained. I mean, do you hear what he's saying? Church, do you hear what he's saying? The word of God cannot be stopped. The word of God cannot be stopped. It's moving. It's, it's moving in my life. It's moving in my wife's life. It's moving in my daughter Ava's life. It's moving and it cannot be stopped. Evil people, evil, even Satan himself, they cannot contain it. Even now, they could come in through these doors. They could lock us all away. They could chain us up, but they cannot stop the Lord. It is the unchainable word of God. You see this in the book of Acts. I love the book of Acts. It's a wonderful example of this unchainable Word of God moving, spreading throughout the earth. But how does it spread? How does this Word spread? Well, the book of Acts shows us that it spreads through us. It actually spreads through me. It spreads through you. A very familiar passage right at the beginning. Jesus is talking to His disciples and He tells them this. He says in chapter 1, verse 8, He says, You will receive power. Everyone say power. When you, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, he says, and you will be my witnesses. Everyone say witnesses. Yeah, witnesses. In Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And why? To be his witnesses. And this is amazing. This is good. You ever wonder why the Holy Spirit is so important? You ever curious about that? You ever wonder, like, come on, Life Spring, what's the big deal? Like, what's the, why you keep on talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Holy Spirit, being led by the Holy Spirit? The Bible says the Holy Spirit is filling you up to give you the power to be His witness. You, by the way, not just me, you, you, the power to be His witness. That's what you have been called to as a Christian, as a son and daughter of God. Jesus, he speaks this to his disciples, and then he gets pretty practical with them. I love it when Jesus gets logical. He says, here's the deal, disciples, it's going to start in Jerusalem. You know why it starts in Jerusalem? Because that's where it's going to start. <laughs> and then it's, going to, then it's going to go to Judea, the region that Jerusalem is in. But then it's going to spread to the Samaritans. Jews hated the Samaritans. I mean, that's like us saying, you know, it's going to start in Edgewood, then it would go to Fife, Milton, Edgewood. And I heard that it might even spread to Seattle. <laughs> but then he doesn't stop there. He says, it's going to the ends of the earth. And right now, this moment, we know that we are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit to have witness in our town, in our state, in our country, but even to the ends of the earth. And so he says how it's going to happen, and then it actually happens. Don't you love that about Jesus, what he says is going to happen? It happens. Chapter 2, you see this baptism of the Holy Spirit, this filling of the Holy Spirit, outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But then, as you read, it actually kind of just stays in Jerusalem. In fact, it's 
stays in Jerusalem and people from other towns start coming to Jerusalem. Acts chapter 5, look what it says. It says, crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem. They're bringing in their sick. They're bringing in those tormented by impure spirits. And all of them are healed. And this is kind of how it goes. The, verse 42, same chapter, day after day. So just every day in the temple courts. Where's the temple? What town? Jerusalem. So in Jerusalem, at the temple courts, from house to house, so in the neighborhood. These disciples, these apostles, they never stop teaching. They never stop proclaiming the good news of Jesus, that Jesus is the Messiah. So it's powerful. It's good. Wait a minute. I thought they were going to be witnesses. Yeah, of course, in Jerusalem. But didn't you see what it said? It said also in the region of Judea, all the way to Seattle, right? All the way to the ends of the earth. But if you keep reading in the next few chapters... What you'll read is that the gospel, the good news, the unchainable word of God, it begins to go beyond Jerusalem. And it starts with a specific story. It's the story of Stephen. If you remember, there was a dispute. There was an argument between the Hellenistic Jews and the Hebraic Jews. And if you remember, the disagreement was the Hellenistic Jews, the widows, they were being overlooked in the distribution of food. You guys remember that story? And so then these disciples are like, hey, we got to figure this out. They take uh, seven men who are full of the Holy Spirit and full of wisdom. They lay hands on these men and they just uh, send them out, release them to do this ministry of the distribution of food. But then Stephen, uh, if you remember the story, he gets falsely accused. He's brought before the high council, before the Sanhedrin. Uh, some, again, some false accusations against him. But there he kind of does a drop the mic speech. Have you heard the speech from Stephen? It's pretty incredible. But at the end of the speech... He uses some targeted language. He calls them stiff-necked people. I promise you I will never use that here, hopefully, ever. Maybe my last Sunday here. No, just kidding. <laughs> so he says, you stiff-necked people. Your hearts and ears. Man, like the gall. <laughs> you stiff-necked people. Your hearts and ears are still uncircumcised. What is he saying? He goes, yeah, even, well, I don't even care what's going on on the outside, on the inside. What is he saying? Nothing has changed. He says, you're just like your ancestors. And then check this line, church. He says, you always resist the Holy Spirit. That one got me this week. If I'm going to be on one line or the other in regards to the Holy Spirit, I do not want to be on the line of resisting the Holy Spirit. And he goes on, he, he accuses them all of just killing God's prophets. They, he even accuses them of killing Jesus. And you know the rest of the story of that. They've had it, they drag him out of the city, they throw rocks at him, they stone him until he's dead. But maybe that would be the end of it, right? Maybe that's the end of the story and we can just move on to some of the more exciting things that we had read in chapter 5. But no, it gets worse. It gets worse. In, in fact, it says, on that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. So again, a great persecution. It's not good at all, right? I mean, can you imagine if, again, a great persecution happened in Edgewood? So great, church, that us, by name, we had to scatter. Us, in this room, we scattered from our town, left our families, left our places of our homes, our dwellings. It's not a happy day. Not, nothing right to rejoice about. Scattered. But where were they scattered to? Judea. Samaria. 
Those areas sound familiar, don't they? Kind of reminds you of what Jesus said in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And then listen to what happens next. This is so powerful. Acts 8, verse 4. Those who had been scattered, what did they do? They preached the word wherever they went. They proclaimed the word. They heralded the word, the good news of Jesus Christ, wherever they went. Any of them, whoever it was, proclaiming Jesus Christ. Isn't it interesting? I hope you've made the connection that with this great persecution, they thought they were destroying Christianity. They thought they were wiping it off the face of the earth. But little did they know that God was using it to spread His good news. He can turn anything for good. Have you noticed? The Word of God spread. Life spring. The Word of God cannot be contained. Amen? Paul, by the end of Acts, Paul, you remember what town he's in? By the end of Acts? Starts with an R? He's in Rome. Right? He's all the way out there. And just think about even today. We're standing here in Edgewood. Do you think they were even thinking about Edgewood back then? I No, they weren't. But it has made it even, I mean, hallelujah. If there was an ends of the earth, I think we made it. That's us. Like, Edgewood. The Word of God cannot be bound. It cannot be chained. This week, I kind of went into it just a little bit with this thought of it not being chained because I don't know about you, but right away my, my brain just goes to all of the institutions, the governments, religions, who have tried to silence the word. Right? Just think of the oppression. Think of the persecution that has broken out again and again and again throughout history. Throughout our 2,000 year history. And yet, the word of God is still spreading. Just to give you a couple of examples. Think about communist China. Right? Communist China. That according to a CBN report, when the communists took power, there were one million Protestant Christians. And yet today there are now over 60 million Protestant Christians. Or Russia, Russia, 1917 to 35, 95,000 Russian Orthodox priests were executed. 1937 to 38, another 100,000 clergy shot. They have a long history of religious Persecution. You know, Alex, the guitar player that plays with us sometimes here, his uncle, or not his uncle, his grandfather spent 10 years, 10 years in a prison in Siberia for his faith. 10 years. But the Word of God cannot be chained. You know why I know Alex? Because I met Alex's uncle. In Hollywood, we were in a master's program together. He's a pastor in Hollywood. Isn't that crazy that what Satan thought he could do in Russia has actually caused a a man of God, a powerful man of God, to begin to proclaim and herald the good news of Jesus Christ in Hollywood? Don't you think that Hollywood might need the good news of Jesus Christ? Hallelujah! And then even what God is doing through Alex. Praise the Lord. It cannot be changed. But unfortunately, I think something has been creeping into our churches these days where we believe that somehow the Word of God has 
stops spreading. We start fearing. We start even believing that when a certain legislation is voted into law or a school district implements a new policy, we believe the lie that these acts can effectively chain the Word of God. But church, listen to me. If you want to take notes or write something down, write it down. May your faith in God be greater than your fear of man. I want to say it again. May your faith in God be greater than your fear of man. Again, you, you, not just Pastor Dan, you believe in a God who cannot be contained. None of us can stop His move. I cannot even stop His move. I can't. We aren't going to stop at church. If we were all silenced, the rocks are going to cry out. The most evil, wicked people cannot extinguish it. Even killing someone like Stephen, what happened? It only spread faster. The unchainable Word of God moving to the ends of the earth. And again, how is it moving? It is moving through us. It is moving through me. It is moving through you. That phrase, Word of God, it's actually used 11 times in the book of Acts. I just want to read a couple of them to you. Acts 6, verse 7. The Word of God kept spreading. The number of disciples continued to increase greatly in Jerusalem. Scripture after Scripture says they proclaimed the Word of God. They proclaimed the Word of God. Scripture after Scripture says they received the Word of God. They received the Word of God. One of my favorite verses, Acts 4, verse 31. It says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak the Word of God. And they spoke it with what? With boldness. Boldness. I hope you see it. The Word of God is unchained. It's unchained because His people are unchained. Hallelujah. Sometimes, I, just, I just say this over you. It's time to be free. To be set free. In our freedom, they cannot stop us. China, Russia, America. In God, nothing is impossible. If one of us goes down, have you noticed another one rises up? Isn't that awesome? I remember anyone, it was at Ray Wright's funeral. At Ray Wright's funeral, a man from Ghana who now lives in Canada said, Ray Wright, who's his replacement? Who's stepping up? Who's stepping up? Right there on the spot, his grandson gave his life to the Lord Jesus Christ. God's word is going to the end of the earth and it's going through us. When we're filled with the Holy Spirit, it's not just so we can feel good, church. It's not just so we can get an emotional experience or just get some goosebumps. It's so that we can be empowered to boldly proclaim the Word of God to those around us that it might reach the end of the earth. There's a great story. Again, the reading plan, I'd encourage you to be a part of it. We have around 35 of us that are going through it every day. About three to four to five of us talk about it um, online. Again, it's on our phones. And if you want to be a part of that, please uh, get a hold of us so we can get you to be a part of that. But the devotional, um, the guy is from London and he gives this wonderful devotional, Nicky Gumbel, and, and he wrote this this week. Listen to this. He says, Theodore was a wild young man. He was arrested, tried and condemned initially to be executed. On a bitterly cold morning, the prisoners were taken out to be shot. The prison guards raised their muskets to their shoulders and they took aim. And yet, at the last moment, a white flag was raised to announce that the Tsar had commuted their sentence to life imprisonment in Siberia. On his arrival in Siberia on Christmas Eve, 1849, at the age of 28, listen to this, two women slipped him a New Testament. When the guard turned away momentarily, the two women suggested that he should search the pages thoroughly, and he did. 
While in prison, Fyodor Dostoevsky, the great Russian novelist, read the New Testament from cover to cover and learned much of it by heart. And Dostoevsky wrote this. He says, I believe that there is no one lovelier, deeper, more sympathetic, and more perfect than Jesus. I say to myself with jealous love, not only is there no one else like him, but there could never be anyone like him. And Gumbel says this. He says, and it was through the Bible that he encountered Jesus Christ. But church, it was through the Bible that he encountered Jesus Christ. But how did he encounter the Bible? Through two women who risked their lives to share with him the good news of Jesus Christ. Does that make sense? Are you, are you tracking with me? The Word of God, it spreads through us. Think about it in your own life. What does that mean for you? What does that mean for me, for the Word of God to spread through us? How does this play out? I just want to share with you just a couple of simple practical thoughts on this subject. If sharing the Word of God sounds intimidating, if it sounds overwhelming, if, if you've even maybe convinced yourself that, you know, that's just the job of a pastor, that's just, you know, the job of, you know, the professional Christians, I want to challenge you. You be led by the Holy Spirit. You. Be led by the Holy Spirit. And sometimes the Holy Spirit, He will ask you to spread His Word like those women who went to the prison in Siberia and put the Bible in the hands of this man and said, read the Word. When they're looking the other way, you read the Word. Trust in the Word of God. Read the Word. They risked their lives. You read the Word. That's the power to change your life. Some of you don't like that. As Americans, we love the idea of being a witness through our actions. But it's very intimidating for us when we think about actually having to say something about Jesus to others. If that's you, I just say, one, relax. We're all in the boat. The same boat. I mean, there's a couple of cool people, but the rest of us, I get it. I get it. I'm just going to brag on this guy for just a second. We're at Walgreens getting some cough drops and drinks uh, before we're heading up to the men's retreat. And a guy who I've known for a couple of years now at Walgreens who works there. And, and he was sitting down and he was in pain. And he starts telling us this story about just this awful accident. And it's just really bad. And, and in my head, I'm like, man, we should pray for this guy as I'm walking out the door. But this guy says, hey, man, can we just pray for you for a second? The guy is behind the counter, mind you. And Wayne, Pastor Wayne, and the guy's like, yes. And Pastor Wayne reaches over the counter and says, Holy Spirit, would you just come right now and heal this man in the name of Jesus? Praise for the counter guy. And the guy was so appreciative. He's a stud, solid dude. And he was just like, thank you so much. And of course, I'm also like, that was awesome. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it, is, it kind of gets us anxious, gets us nervous. I just say, relax. It is intimidating when we think about sharing Jesus with somebody else. It is kind of nice to think about like, well, I'll just let, you know, so-and-so do it. I'll just let, you know, Pastor Wayne do it. But I want, I want, if that's you, I just want to ask you to be brave. To be courageous. Laura, the scripture that you read, that Mary passed on to you. It sounds poetic. It's much scarier to actually live. To be brave. To be 
courageous. But also, I just want to say this as your pastor. Start small. Right? Start small. Just say, ask the Holy Spirit. You have a relationship with Him. Ask the Spirit of God to lead you this week. And just say, hey God, would you lead me into a situation, into an encounter where I could share my story? I could share my story. You don't have to preach a sermon. You don't have to smuggle Bibles into prison. But just pray to God that He would give you the open door to share your story. You just share with another human being. You know, this is what Jesus has done in my life. This is what Jesus has done in my life. I had the opportunity to do that with a young man Tuesday morning over uh, some coffee at Starbucks. Just, hey, this is what Jesus is doing in my life. This is what Jesus has done in me. And so I, I even want to pray that right now. I'm not done, by the way, with my message. Don't tune out on me. But I, I just want to pray that the Holy Spirit would empower you. Let's make this as simple as we can make it, right? That the Holy Spirit would empower you to be His witness, to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. But for anyone struggling, struggling with fear over this issue, let's ask the Lord together in a community, right? as the body, as the family of God, let's ask the Lord to give all of us just that opportunity to be bold, to be courageous, and to share our story. I've noticed people can argue over doctrine, right? We can have those arguments and disagreements over doctrine, but it is really hard to argue with your story. And so let's pray. Would you just bow your heads? I, I want to pray for us. Lord Jesus... I want to be sensitive in this moment to your spirit because I know this is a word that you very directly gave to me to share today. So I don't want to rush this moment or just move past it. But we want to be sensitive to what you might want to say to us. Lord, we're trying to be honest with you. We're trying to be honest about some of the feelings that we're having some of those, uh, just the anxiety, the, the heart rate beating faster, the sweaty palms, just some of the, even the physiological things that rise up within us when, when we consider uh, telling someone about you. And so I, I pray, Lord, in this moment that you would do what only you can do, which is open and close doors. And we pray that you would divinely open doors for us this week. That we would have our eyes open to holy moments, to divine encounters, supernaturally orchestrated by you. And Lord, especially just those of us that are struggling, just gripped with fear when we think about sharing about Jesus. Lord, would you just begin to give us the words just to share what Jesus has done in our lives. That we can just kind of put down those arguments and the defensiveness and even the the points that we come, sometimes spew out as Christians, we could lay those aside and instead just share the personal story of what you have done in our lives. The intimate, personal, transforming power of God in my life that you rescued me and you saved me and you've given me a hope and a future. You've given me intentionality and purpose for my life. You've given me meaning for my mornings, even Monday mornings. And that we could share our story, the struggles, the hardships, the exhaustion, the disappointments, but also just the joy and victory in you, Jesus. So, Lord, I hope that you hear this prayer. I believe that you do. But we're knocking on your door. There's plenty of us in this room. You say where two or three are gathered. We got way more than that. You're here and you hear our prayers. 
And we ask in the name of Jesus that you would answer our heart's cry to open doors for us to walk through, to share our story. Thank you, Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. By the way, please email me when that happens. DanThePianoMan at gmail.com or info at LifespringFS.com. I'd love to hear how the Lord is divinely positioning you to share your story. You know, I think there's others of us who have been Christians for a while and we've shared with others. You ever been there before? That You've been doing this thing for a while and you shared it. Especially, do you remember when you first became a Christian and you got the Hebrew tattoo? Remember that? Like, you're, uh, yeah. Like, gee, I'm telling, I remember that. You're just standing up in front of the class, like my genetics evolution class, and just standing up and talking about Jesus. But it didn't always go well, did it? <laughs> I mean, do you remember that? Uh, anyone ever have a discussion with a family member before? All right? Anyone just really discouraged after that discussion? Maybe with your neighbors or your classmates. It didn't go how you thought it should go. It didn't have that Hollywood ending that we talked about a couple of weeks ago. I'll never forget. I was at my girlfriend's house. We're eating dinner and um, her grandparents, just a wonderful, cute you know, couple, just really funny, had a great sense of humor. They're sitting there at the table and over dinner, I'm, I'm introducing myself and I told them I'm a Christian because I knew that they didn't want anything to do with God. So I'm just telling about I'm a Christ follower and that how I follow Jesus and right after I said that, they just both started laughing. I was like, well, you know, what's so funny? They said, well, where's he going? I said, what do you mean, where's he going? Well, you said he's following him. Where's he going? And so, you know, I tried to give some Christian answer. But church, they were mocking me. They were mocking my faith. By the way, get used to that. My wife has been around me long enough to know that my faith is mocked all the time unbelievers, but actually by a lot of Christians as well. But I wouldn't trade that conversation around the dinner table for anything, church. Because they were a special couple. I love that couple. More importantly, Jesus loved that couple. But without Jesus, without Christ, they had no hope of eternal life. And in that moment, it was a holy moment. Because they had an opportunity to follow Jesus and even though they made fun of me, my prayer is that they, I just, I'm still praying this, that it made them think about the bigger questions of life. Because I want to see them again. When I stand in the presence of Jesus, I hope I'm standing with that couple. But again, let's be honest, some of us were gun shy because of past experiences. Because it didn't go how we thought it should go, or it didn't have the effect that we thought it would have. And so what happens? Fear begins to creep in. Doubt begins to creep in. There's an attack on our faith. Call it as it is. It's an attack on our faith. In fact, I, I want to ask a question. I don't want any of you to answer this out loud, but I'm getting kind of real with this question. Where have you started to believe that the Word of God has lost its power? Where have you believed that the Word of God is actually bound? That it has been chained? Maybe it's with your neighbors. Or you had this heart. And you remember the heart that you had to reach your neighbors for Christ? Because you love them. And you know that God loves them. But after a few years, it's almost like your neighborhood became the no Bible zone. Right? You leave your Bible at home. 
Maybe it's at work. Work's tough, right? That, that's a tough environment. We know that some of our working relationships with employees or employers, it's a toxic environment at times. But remember how you prayed for your co-workers? I mean, I've prayed with so many of you for your co-workers. And it was just out of this love and a heart that you had for them. You prayed for your boss. You invite them to Christmas services and Easter services. But now you come into your office and it's like you see a little plaque that says, check your faith at the door. So you just kind of stick to talking about the Seahawks, talking about the weather, just kind of avoiding the deeper things of life. Or at school. Kids can be so mean. So mean at school. And somebody said something to you and it kind of hurt you. They made fun of your faith. I don't care who you are. When people are making fun of your faith, it hurts. And the person that acts like it didn't hurt, they're probably hurt more than any of the rest of us. It hurts. And what happens? You actually begin to have a fear that just grips you. And it just rises within you and you actually believe the lie that, you know what? i got to leave my faith at home. There is no Christianity at school. I cannot be a Christian at school. And you put up the sign in the hallway and it declares you have entered a God-free school zone. But if that's you, and I think some of us could just, if we were honest, admit to some of that today. If you're realizing that you've allowed doubt and fear to grip you, if you've begun to question whether the power of God could still move in and through you in those places, your neighborhood, your work, your school, I believe the Word of God wants to speak to you today. I do. I honestly believe that. we got about ten minutes left here. Just be open. I, I believe this is a word that the Lord gave to me for you today. It's from First Peter chapter 4, verse 11. First Peter chapter 4, 11. Because church, God wants to speak in your neighborhood. He wants your face to shine in your workplace. And He wants a revival to take place in our schools. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides. So that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. I want you to read that with me. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. Through Jesus Christ. Wednesday afternoon, around 1 p.m., I think it was actually 1.11 to be exact, I felt the Lord told me that He wanted to remind some of you today that as a Christian, you speak the very words of God. It's humbling, isn't it? It's dangerous, like, oh God. It kind of makes you want to go on your knees and pray. But you speak the very words of God. And that your words and your service in your neighborhood and your work and in your school, wherever you are, they bring praise to God. So don't lose hope. Don't give up. Don't let fear and doubt keep you from shining Jesus wherever you go. Don't let anyone, don't let anyone tell you that you can't be used by God. Talk about a lie from the pit of hell. If you're a Christian here today, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you are empowered to speak the words of God. <laughs> Come on, maybe it feels like people aren't listening. 
Or if they respond, they're just mocking. They're ridiculing. But you don't lose hope. Keep going. Keep trying. Don't give up. Don't stop. You stand strong. You hold fast. You persevere. You run the race. You shine the light of Jesus Christ. When the Word of God gets sent out, it never comes back void. The Word of God is unchanged. I love the legacy, the 2,000 year legacy that we get to be a part of, of the unchained Word of God moving through us. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. The Word of God is still spreading. It's more powerful now than it's ever been. Who told you that the Word of God has lost its power? Who told you that? That should be a t-shirt. Who told you that? Who told you that? He's moving. And He wants to move through us. He wants to move through people like Pastor Wayne. There was a man, there's a man who's dying, uh, that I, I got a text just a couple of days ago and a, a guy texts me and he says, hey, I'm going to my friend's house. Uh, his dad only has, a, you know, a few, uh, maybe a week, weeks or something to live. Uh, we just need to pray. And so we prayed. We prayed that the Lord would use the man going to that house to shine the light of Christ. Of course, the next day I'm like, how did it go? He said, the Spirit of God was moving. Praise the Lord, church. Yeah. Praise the Lord. That guy's not a pastor, but he's a man of God. Empowered by the power of the Holy Spirit. So I want to pray for you. I want to pray right now that you would truly have an infilling, a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit to empower you, to give you the encouragement you need to get back into the game. To get back into your neighborhood. Get back into your school. Get back into your workplace. And boldly declare the love of God, the salvation of Christ to those who desperately need His good news. So would you bow your heads and I want to pray for us today. Lord Jesus, You're so good. You reveal the Father's heart in such a loving and kind and compassionate way. You adore your people, you came and died to set us free from the grips of sin. You, 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 you truly came because you wanted the Father to receive glory, but also because you love us. You love us. And when you rose from the dead, you, you showed that you had defeated death. You had defeated sin. You had defeated the grave. But then you went back to the Father and you asked Him to send us the Counselor, to send us the paraclete, to send us the one who would be with us, to help us, to teach us. The one who would empower us, give us what we needed to live for you. And yet, God, many of us, we just kind of checked you at the door. Checked you at the door in our workplace. Checked you at the door in our school. Checked you at the door in our neighborhoods. And for many of us, it's just it's more subtle than anything. Because we love you. We're, we're trying our best. We're trying our darndest. <laughs> we really do love you. But subtly, just something has creeped in that says that the power of God has lost something. Somehow, you have been chained and bound. And so out of your goodness, Lord, and out of your love, we ask in this moment a fresh outpouring of your Spirit. Out of the love of a Father, the goodness of God that we'd receive a fresh, fresh wind 
a fresh fire. Lord, because You have called us to amazing, incredible things. You have called us to be witnesses, to share the love of a Father with co-workers and classmates and neighbors, with clerks and espresso baristas and gas station employees. Lord, you've, you've called us to waiters and waitresses, to people at the DMV and the DOL, to people on Interstate 5 and 167. You've called us to those places. And we want to be empowered disciples. So church, I'm just going to stand up here for a little bit. We're just going to receive from the Holy Spirit. Just receive from the Holy Spirit. Just be sensitive to what He might be saying in this moment. Amen. Just think about your life. Think about those areas. Maybe it's an area where you need breakthrough. Just speak that to the Lord. Pray. Pray to the Lord. He sees your heart. Again, if you're struggling with fear or anxiety or those types of things, it's, that's pretty normal. That's a pretty normal human uh, emotion. God is not here to condemn you. He's here to help you. He says, don't be anxious about anything, but by prayer and petition, present your request to the Lord. With thanksgiving in your heart, present your request to the Lord. And what happens? The peace of God, which passes understanding, guards your hearts, guards your minds in Christ Jesus. Lord, just even now, just speak into those areas that we'd once again be emboldened and empowered to be witnesses, not just in our actions, but with our words. That we would be heralds. We would proclaim your word. Give us open doors this week, Lord. Open doors this week. This week matters to you, Lord. You care about this week. This is a week that you planned before the foundations of this world. I, I, I just have this sense that you're excited about your move this week. You're not fearing this week. You're excited about where you're going this week. There's a train moving. Lord, I just want to be on that train. Help us, Jesus, to be with you on your move. To be used by you for the move, the radical spreading of the Word of God. That it cannot be contained. It cannot be chained. It cannot be bound. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Church, it's a wonderful time to be alive. His Word is spreading. Just like the book of Acts, the Word of God is on His move. And it's on the move through His people, you and me. Anyone else want to see His Word move through Edgewood like never before? Like never before? Come on. Amen. Hallelujah. Would you stand with us?